Hello. Hey, Jim. Hey, Dr. Paul. How's it going? Good. How are you? <sighs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Long time no talk. Yeah, we were just talking. It's only we're only a week behind. Right. We were also just on the phone. Most people didn't know that, but now they do. I know. I said we were just talking. On, oh. Then... Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Good thing Anchor has that new software where you can edit um, segments out, but then we'll forget to publish <laughs> this anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put a little flag on there so it reminds you. That's true. I wonder how you. I wonder how you do that. Anyway. All right, man. Well, let's see here. We have episode number five. Yes. Number and five. coincidentally, Dr. Jim came up with a great coinciding title: "Top Five Things to Know About Associateships." Yeah. Hey, I didn't even realize that. Five and five. I like that. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think about it until he said it out loud. Perfect. Yeah, so this is, <laughs> this is for you know, people who are thinking about going to an associateship. Um, uh, thinking about this is the right path that I'm going to go. So trying to come up with not necessarily the, the only things that you have to think about, but trying to boil it down to the top five things we think uh, are important before going into an associateship. For sure. And I think too, one thing I realized is we we're kind of gearing a lot of our conversations so far towards the entrepreneur type uh, chiropractor or the person who's buying or starting a practice. But the reality is um, whether you're working with someone for someone or by yourself, you're always kind of running your own practice. Um, if, if you have the ad, uh, what am I trying to say here? The aspirations to build and to grow um, and to help more people, you're kind of always going to have to have that mindset that this is my practice that I am running and growing. So I think this is going to be cool to look at a new angle today. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think, and a lot of people I think want to start off here because it's not necessarily as much risk, you know, going out from mm -hmm. school and it's nice to have, um, a good base before jumping out and doing your own thing. So yeah, it'll be a, a good topic to dive into. So yeah, absolutely. The uh, let's uh, kind of revisit, I guess we sort of did the purpose of our podcast is really to um, really just to educate young doctors, docs looking to reinvent their wheel a little bit um, and provide some content that just helps you along your journey and, uh, half of what we say or more is probably going to be in, in the sense just motivating and inspirational to some degree, but uh, you're going to need a lot of that when you hit those uh, shit hit the fan moments, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely so, need, uh, need those motivational things uh, from time to time. It's not always, yeah. not always the, you know, the brightest of times we got to get through the, the dark times too. For sure. So last week we talked about how to kind of build a good team around you. Uh, this week would be nearly the exact opposite. Um, so we're going to dive into what should you know about associateships? You want to kick it off with number one? Yeah. So first thing, you have to know the office that you're going into. Um, so the best way to do that, I think, is to, is to actually go there and shadow um, I don't know if this was uh, happened in your class at all, but I know I knew people who were trying to get set up with 
associate chips and they hadn't even been into the into the clinic at yeah. all. Right. They they check out a website and hear some numbers and see a contract. They're like, sweet, I got a job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a there's a lot to that drive to and from work and where are you going to live and what's the feel of the office? What kind of patients are in there? A lot of stuff. Right. So I think your first step is getting in t- contact with the, with the doc, uh, doing a shadow, um, interacting with the staff, I think is probably the the next best thing because the staff are going to tell you a little bit more uh than the doctor might so Mm -hmm. uh, probably too much yeah (laughs) too much (laughs) but i think you'll gain a really good perspective of the overall vibe of the office from uh, staff and you know the employees there yeah absolutely um yeah and looking not just with the staff and the patients that are in there. And, and that's something too, is, you know, we're talking about the staff. If you're doing a shadow, see if you can sit in the waiting room and just talk to people, tell them you're in there and you're almost done with school. All you're doing is shadowing and see what they think. And you'll kind of get a feel for the people because uh, you know, that old, the saying of your vibe attracts your tribe. And I think that you attract a certain overall, a certain energy of your patients by how you convey yourself. And um, if you're somebody like me, who's very outgoing and very loud and boisterous, and I think pretty funny. Um, and you go in you're and there's funny. this really, thanks man. There's a, <laughs> there's this little sterile, you know, office in there with closed rooms and you want it open. And the doctor is very to the point and doesn't talk much. Well, you're going to be bored because it's not, the people you want, even if the numbers on paper look good. So uh, big time interacting with staff and patients is huge. And then on the patient side of things, looking at online reviews, uh, Google, Yelp, Facebook, uh, on their website, usually, usually websites have software to self-publish software uh, reviews. Um, but you got to look at that stuff because you can ignore a lot of the, the one stars and the five stars, but if there's some three fours in there, those are the ones to hone in on. And, um, you can, you can learn a lot from, from reviews online, even if they are all good, you can get a feel for what the office is like and what they're, what's important to them. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really true. Um, I think the next step too, is then, you know, taking all that and then trying to really establish a relationship with the doctor um, that's really going to ultimately tell if you guys are going to be a good fit working together. So, you know, is he more, is he a family guy or, you know, is he a family oriented person? Is he more business oriented? I mean, ultimately mm-hmm. we're all, you know, business oriented, but is it similar to, yeah. to yourself, I guess, or, uh, or is that, that doctor similar to you? For sure. You, you should be able to go to two hangouts with this person. And if, if you can't go get lunch twice with he or she and walk away going, yeah, that, I like, I like them. Um, don't think you can fix it. It's probably just not there. And even if everything is right, uh, the one thing I can look back on over the last few years is trusting my gut has served me right. And when I thought I could fix that gut feeling, I've always been wrong. So I like that you threw that in there, the the relationship with the doc, because you don't need to be their best buddy and like go to 
you know, events with them all the time before they even get you hired, but you should be able to hang out a couple of times and really enjoy it. Right. Yeah. It's not that you guys have to be the best of friends, but you, you're going to be working with the doc. So you might as well, you know, establish a relationship early on and um, see if it's a good fit. Absolutely. Um, diving into hours. This is something circling back to our very first episode that hit me when we were talking about, you know, everybody with a spine and a heartbeat is our patient. Well, that would be cool, but it's not true. And I remember coming out of school and I convinced our boss at the time that he should let me stay open during lunch, that I didn't need two hours and that I could see more patients. And I thought that was a good idea. Um, Terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, as you get busier, you do need that time for many things, but more importantly, just time for yourself. So um, be a little selfish in the hours don't be afraid of a day off or a half day um, as long as you're supplementing that with enough time throughout the uh, the week uh, you you need some time to bring your best self back the next day yeah absolutely yeah we and, need, you we know, need those breaks right and you probably have a totally different perspective on this as you start building your your travel doc business um, you have to not only think of when you're available, but how far you're going to travel and getting to the next, next thing. And so you have to be really strategic with your hours. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My, my schedule is, um, has to be finely tuned and, um, my appointment structure is, it's something I've spent a lot of time on thinking about, you know, and thinking about the, logistics of it and how far I'm going to go and I'm in this area on this day and, you know, trying to figure out all of that. But I think that going into someone else's office, you, you have to understand those, those hours of operations. And I think understanding, um, you know, what, what kind of office it is as a whole, like what, what are their patient visits per week? You know, what does the front desk look like and all, all of that information will really help you when you're trying to get to know the office that you're going to be working at. Yeah. And, and to be honest, um, there's probably some chiropractors that would disagree, but I think, you know, as you mentioned, the, the, what's the office bringing in and patient visits and how much money is it making? Because, you know, you need to know that stuff before you sign a one or two or three year contract. I got to know, what this clinic does, is it at capacity? Can it grow more? And what are they making? Because it directly affects me as an associate now. Um, You know, if it's not making any money, how's this guy going to pay me? And then what's his motivation? Is he just bringing me on to grow it for him? And is there going to be any bonus potential for me, any growth room for me? So uh, don't be afraid to ask, you know, what what does the business see? What does it make? What are its margins? What are its costs? Because uh, there's a lot that your life will depend on by not knowing or knowing that info. Yeah, absolutely. But it feels scary. You should definitely feel scared asking somebody how much money they make. I mean, it's weird, but uh, it's, it's time to turn on that, that business brain and, and get the personal insecurities out of there. Yeah, definitely. Was that something that was um, shared with you pretty clearly before you? Cause I know that when we, when we signed our associate deal, 
a lot of this stuff would have been nice to know at this point. And I, <laughs> I guess I'm speaking out of not doing some of these, right? Yeah, this is more from like my experience going through and not doing it. I didn't do it till later right. um, and figured out after I had already signed on. So these are things I, I wish I would have done looking back on. So, you know, kind of reaping the rewards of our, <laughs> you know, not doing <laughs> right. the, these things. But um, yeah. yeah, I think it is really important to look at that. For sure. Uh, you know, segueing off of once you, once you get all this info, um, there should be a moment where you take a step back and assess it and uh, answer the question of, is this similar to how I want to practice? And um, like looking at your long-term vision and your purpose, even if you are pretty certain it's a, a short-term relationship and you're looking for skill building and knowledge building, and you're going to start your own practice at some point, um, you still have to be in an environment that nurtures your vision and your purpose. So again, kind of the stuff we talked about, don't, don't chase somebody else's dream and don't think, Oh, it's just an associate position. It, it's not as important as my practice. Again, it's always your practice and you don't want to prep for two or three years of something that you don't want to then go do. Cause it's, it's like playing basketball for three years and then trying out for the hockey team, you know? So <laughs> yeah. this, this might not work that well. No, it won't. But yeah, so similar. I mean, we've talked about it over and over again. But you know, is it something that is truly aligned with what you want to do for the long term? And then you know, looking at those things, is it a high volume practice, low val- volume practice, a specialty practice that you know you're gonna you gain a whole bunch of experience and then um, create your own afterwards? So. Um, yeah, yeah, looking at all those things. Right, and the high volume, low volume, um, to me is not as important as the where the clinic's at. And from what I've seen, I think there's mainly two mindsets that a business has, where it's sustainability or a growth mindset. And you know, if a chiropractor, let's say, can see two or three hundred patients on his own, and that's where he sits and they never add more services, they never add more providers, they don't look for bigger spaces to do that kind of thing. Um, and you want to, like right now, we're looking at a space, you know, let's triple our square footage for the future of adding more stuff. Well, some people are going to love that, some people are going to hate it. And it's not that one is right and one is wrong. But don't, again, don't get sucked into somebody like me and Jamie, who want to, you know, keep just going up and up and up and up and seeing what we can do if you just want to be somebody that runs a really nice, consistent business for however many decades. So um, that's usually pretty easy to find out by asking a couple questions around the next one, two, three, four, five years of the business from the owner, he or she self, him or herself, him or herself says his self says that's what <laughs> I was looking for. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think you'll, I think you'll find that it's not that hard to figure out what, where they're looking to be for a while yeah and that leads into number three uh basically knowing knowing what the doctor is wanting to bring you on for um, mm-hmm. you know are they looking to to grow the practice and continue you know similar to what you guys are doing right now you know are they looking to keep expanding and going in different avenues and expanding services or are they wanting to just stay basically stay where they're at and um, basically 
have you come in as a replacement so that that doctor has more time for other things. Right. And again, uh, none of these are wrong. I mean, there's, if you, if I, if you look back to your class, I mean, I can, I can picture just about every personality on the planet was in our class. So, um, but you should look at what's your ceiling for growth. I mean, are you just going to be a cog in the machine or are you going to have the opportunity to grow? Because, um, as a leader in our business, as leaders, Jamie and I both, uh, we always have to look at what can we incentivize these people, our employees with growth? Because if there's no growth, well, I don't even know if I want the person that wants to stay in a position that never has any potential for change. You know, I, we need somebody in our business a little different. And then, um, you know, if, if the doc isn't there, if they are someone that just wants time away and you're going to be the, the main person, well, why are you there? Because again, the point of an associateship is not just to have a job and make money and see patients, but it's to learn and to, to develop yourself as a, as a leader, as a business person, as a chiropractor, as a healthcare provider. Um, you know, they've got a responsibility just like you do to them to lead you and to grow this, not only this business, but let's think about the overall profession. I mean, we've got the greatest gift on the planet sitting at the end of our hands and, uh, we got to learn how to use it the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like what you put here at the end here. I mean, talking about mentoring and then, um, saying, I mean, you have a responsibility to you just as you do to them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, make that's holding yourself accountable. Um, but then making sure that the doc is there, you know, pushing you a little bit and pushing you to grow. Yeah. And, uh, my first associateship, we did not have that. And even being a pretty motivated guy, you start to lose your gas pretty quick. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's for sure. I think, yeah, that's why that number three is really important. So looking at why that doc is bringing you on in the first place. So not being afraid to, to ask those questions uh, right off the bat is important. Yeah, and, and there really shouldn't be an issue with those. I mean, if somebody's really valuing you and what you could bring to the table, they should be able to give you some some basic info about the, the business and what it can do for you. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely understand the doctor's motivation. Anytime they want to hire you, uh, if they want to sell a part of their practice or all of their practice, you always need to know where somebody's coming from, um, A, to see if you can trust them, but B, um, sometimes you can really get some leverage in a deal. Like, you know, we're lucking out on our new space where this huge building is 8,000 square feet. We don't need that much. And the entire building is vacating to move to a new spot because it was one tenant. So we're coming in and the guy's basically giving us everything we could ask for because we're going to be the only one. And he's got to have some money in there until he can start filling it. And so when you can know where they're coming from, you can sometimes change what you get out of it too. Yeah. Um, and that plays yeah. in that plays in number four. We're just we're rolling right here, dude. We're serious. We're this. We're, it's like we've done this before, like yeah. four times. <laughs> but that's I mean, number four is know know your numbers. So, I mean, you've got to know um, where where you're at, where you want to be, as far as um, not only salary, but you know, vacation and sick days and things like that. But knowing where you're at. And then uh, knowing where the doctor wants you to be um, is is important. Yeah. um, 
finding out what, and again, this is that when we look at salaries, for example, um, it's pretty common to offer higher salaries with little bonus potential and lower salaries with higher bonus potential. And um, being self-aware of your own skills is a big thing there. Don't overestimate yourself, especially in the beginning. It's just important to start building a foundation and you just got to be as comfortable as you can personally in finances so you can slowly start getting some momentum. Um, but yeah, looking at what is he going to pay me? What is she going to pay me? And how do I want to get paid? And um, to some people, we have employees that vacation time is more valuable to them than an extra paycheck or, or something like that. And so knowing what is realistic for you and then asking for that. Um, and, you know, sometimes it just takes calling around and posting on Facebook and finding there's a ton of chiropractic groups on Facebook and coaching things and this and that and smart chiropractors that want to help. Um, you can ask these questions to them and see what they've been paid or what they've paid people and um, figure out in your area too, specifically what's realistic for what's going on in your profession. Right. Yeah. That's a big thing too. Your area is really important, but just for an example, I mean the 2018 chiropractic salary report came out and for DC's uh, associates, the average compensation was 65,000. So knowing that as a base, obviously that's going to depend on your location and, you know, your specialty and, and a whole bunch of different factors, but knowing that uh, is powerful. So you can mm -hmm. use, use that. And then I obviously want to hone in to your location, wh wherever you're at, but um, having that in your back pocket. And then um, I think what you really need to do, and I, I can't remember the doc that came and talked to us, but he, he said to basically draw a, a target and, you know, have your deal breakers in that middle target. So whatever it is that you would walk away from the deal. So mm -hmm. whether it's salary or um, whatever is most important to you, you put in that middle circle and the outer rings, you know, you put things like vacay and sick days, uh, profit sharing, you know, things that you're willing to negotiate with. And mm -hmm. it can come down to, to hours too. Um, you know, days of that you want off or, or um, during the work week and stuff like that. But basically having a, a core where, you know, you're willing to give up some things within the outer rings, but when you get down to that core, um, you know that you're just you're not going to budge. So uh, I think making a list of your deal breakers when negotiating is is key. Yeah, that's. Um, I think that's something too that that list of deal breakers should probably take you a few focus days. It shouldn't. Be... Sorry, my phone started ringing there. <laughs> um, you're you're going to feel like, Oh man, like I don't need Friday afternoons off. Like I could totally, I could, I could work with that or I don't need this bonus here or this. I, I can sacrifice that when you really start to think about it and look at your life. I mean, I bet some of those you'll convince yourself that it really is a deal breaker. So that's a, if you get anything out of this, get what Dr. Jim just said about that target, because um, the deal breakers are not, something you can get over. Whereas the negotiating factors you can kind of modify to be adequate enough, but 
Um, definitely put those things in the middle and pay attention to those. For sure. And then I think we're at, we're at number five. We're just rolling along. I mean, it has been almost 25. I can't believe Listen, it. I feel like we just started. It's time flies when you're having fun, and hopefully our listeners don't feel like it's been an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all all right. right. So the fine print. Read yes. the fine print. It's sometimes not actually just fine print. Um, you know, it could be normal size, so don't get tricked by that. <laughs> um, but looking at stuff like the rules of the contract, um, my first response to this is always getting an attorney that has worked with chiropractors or a chiropractor you know, and after you read it, just send it to them and say, please let me know what you think. And a good one will let you know, but why don't you talk about a couple of the things that, you know, before you get professional help, you could actually kind of decide if it's a big deal or not to you. Yeah. So I think, um, definitely having someone else read it. I had my other family members read it too. So yeah, it's a good as idea as far as like professional wise, but just having another set of eyes on it is good too. But I mean, you want to look at, um, non-compete radius. Um, obviously if you're going to be working for someone and, your contract's only two years. Um, you want to be outside of that non-compete radius when you're all done. Um, right. So that determines where you're going to live and all that, that sort of, you know, factors in as well. So really looking at, at that radius, how long is it? And then um, how many years is it for also? Because that's a determining factor too. Um, this is something that might can't come up to, but is there a penalty for breaking your contract? Uh, let's say for whatever reason, you know, things aren't working out. Is there a penalty for, uh, for getting out early? Is it a monetary um, penalty associated with that? And I know that's out there. So, Oh, for sure. There, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's all kinds of ways that they'll, people can make it sound not so bad. Um, and then all of a sudden, legally they're bound to something and it, it sucks. And mm -hmm. another thing is uh, like in our contract, we had a 60 day trial period where right. we had the first 60 days to decide to where if we voided that contract and quit before that, all of that stuff dissolved and none of it mattered. And that's actually what we did um, just in case we wanted to open something close by. Uh, we actually took a risk in leaving earlier than we needed to so that we wouldn't have to deal with that later. So there's, um, and that's probably one of those things that, you know, somebody else reading could pick up and you could easily miss. Cause it's by the end of a contract, it's like, I'm done with this thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, ultimately you, you just want to have experienced people, um, looking at it and giving you some feedback and probably more than one. So I would say some other chiropractors and also an attorney would be your best bet in addition to like jim said um, family members friends well cool man i i think that's pretty much all i have other than like you know my usual pump it out or pump up our social media dr bo cairo and then we got river city mobile cairo yep uh, yeah check out our websites or our social media send us a message and some questions on uh, topics like this, if you think you want to hear some stuff.
the goal eventually is to maybe start doing some live videos or YouTube videos. Um, so look out for that in the in the future. Here is the seasons change. Is it getting cold there yet in Chicago? Uh, it's cooled off a little bit. It's heat back up though. Uh, uh, we're yeah. getting like the the still in the the mid to upper seventies and sunny, but it's like fifteen degrees colder at night now. Yeah, it feels nice. Yeah, it's nice and cool at night, so it's good. So, well, anyway, anything uh, you'd like to send our people away with? Uh, it's just to wrap up the associate thing is just uh, go with that gut feeling. Uh, if you do all these things right, the top five things, uh, you'll know if you're making the right decision. So, that that's the biggest takeaway we want to have you guys, uh, you know, send you off with. Absolutely, love it. Well. Until next time, uh, the topic, again, will be a surprise. Not because we haven't thought about it and planned it, because we have so many we can't decide on one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. We haven't picked one. But anyway, a couple more weeks, we'll pump out some new stuff. Until then, uh, have a good night, Dr. Jim. You too, Dr. Will. See you soon. See you, buddy. All right, bye.